0: I feel like Christmas is like a, a weird, a weird vibe this year. Go on, what, what, what gave you that impression? <laughs> well, there's, there's a couple of things. <laughs> I think the thing that I, something that I, I, that's really been like bizarre this year is like we we have been watching like a lot of christmas movies i think i've watched more christmas movies this year than any year
1: yeah i've got that as well i've watched so many more christmas films this year
0: and i think a lot of that probably just stems from like you know most of them by the end are relatively feel good and have like a you know like a nice message (laughs) the issue i've been fighting this year is that the, the message is often something along the lines of togetherness. <laughs> and, you know, coming together okay. with your family uh, or, 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 or strangers, you know, uh, realizing that we all have differences, but Christmas is the time that we can come together to celebrate that thing. But the issue with that message is, is that it really contradicts the message of reality right now, which is stay away from everyone. <laughs>
1: I do remember at the end of Muppet's Christmas Carol, that weird scene where they tell uh, you to breathe in each other's mouths. Yeah. Like the spirit of Christmas <laughs> is to take the one complete strangers and just breathe into each other's mouths. He's like, yeah, yeah, That's
0: yeah. The- He's like, here's the thing. Uh, Scrooge is like, yeah, yeah, You know, you can become a better person. You know, think less about money. You know, be more giving, be more caring. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll all bring a good thing. But if you really want the secret... <laughs> to spreading goodwill and Christmas cheer. Grab as many people as you can and breathe directly into their mouths. <laughs> also, lick banisters. Lick any banisters. <laughs> lick as many things as you can. You'd be surprised yeah, but... the things people pick up <laughs> throughout their day. Um, and Michael Kane committed to that. <laughs> he did. Some say he's still out there <laughs> licking items on store shelves to this day um but yeah it's 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 just been really weird because like I said it's like all these movies they're so they're so like nice and by the end you know you're just you're loving it and you're feeling so so great and you, you feel like yeah I want to go out and I want to I want to be kind and caring and spread Christmas joy but then the, the politicians are like don't do that the politicians the <laughs> medical experts are like fucking do not do that whatsoever um, <laughs> And so yeah, it's just it's it's just weird. It's I feel like it's another one of those things where you know obviously, you know, <laughs> watched movies all year, and, and so often I look at them and I'll they'll, they'll be in like a busy bar or something, and I'll be like, whoa, oh, that's whoa, oh, it's all just stand apart. We <laughs> right, calm down. It's like Christmas, especially, you know. What I mean, like at the end of this movie that we're going to talk about, Robert Zemeckis' A Christmas Nightmare, um, you know, at the end of that movie, <laughs> that at least twenty people gathered around that one table, <laughs> you know. Um, definitely but then you know they probably you know they dealt with things like the plague you know they by that but they were they were fine (laughs) (laughs) um they knew what to do but yeah i just think christmas movies especially really point right really showcase like how bizarre the world is now because you're seeing like all these people celebrate christmas the way that you used to celebrate christmas knowing full well that christmas will not be like that this year at all you know what i mean covid christmas um yeah this is our christmas night out the podcast christmas night out <laughs> this is it yeah <laughs> um yeah usually we're like we're like cheering
1: a, a, a like a, a drink well we could still do that you've got a drink i've got a drink yeah Let's we can do have it. a little che- cri- i'm gonna clink christmas my mi- chair. i'm gonna
0: clink my microphone
1: i'll do it at the same time right. three two
0: one that was good that, was, <laughs> that was spot on yours was more of like an aggressive clunk but <laughs> 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 well, i'll take it
1: I'm I'm not drinking out of glass because I'm not that classy because it's COVID Christmas who who cares yeah, um, you know,
0: you. <laughs> you don't you don't know who else has touched that glass Danny <laughs> Exactly you don't know who's cleaning that glass Um well yeah this is um this is our Christmas episode merry christmas everyone Merry Christmas Um yeah we wanted to still do one of these mm. because no reason we can't even though no. recording like this it, it has been a nightmare all year Um <laughs> hmm. But um, yeah, we're gonna give a uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go one we're gonna go hard one last time for 2020, um, and uh, we're gonna talk about Robert Zemeckis' A Christmas Carol, starring Jim Carrey, um, and also starring Jim Carrey, and also and, uh, also it's starring Jim Carrey, <laughs> and it also stars Jim Carrey, um, which is weird as fuck because. I guess it's, I guess, I mean, I guess if you're doing the mocap capture thing, it's like, yeah, we could, he's Robert Zemeckis, like, yeah, we could save a bit of fucking money just have Jim Carrey play <laughs> everyone. Because he did the same with um, the Polar Express, in yeah. that Tom Hanks played, like, five different characters, didn't he? Yes, he did. He played a lot.
1: He also played Scrooge. He's credited as playing Scrooge in Polar Express, because I- there's a bit where uh, a puppet comes down. And it's a puppet
0: of Scrooge, uh-huh. and Tom Hanks plays that voice, so that he's credited
1: as Scrooge as well.
0: Um, I um, only I only watched because uh, uh, I feel like it's it's going to be basically impossible to talk about this movie without talking about uh, the the other two films in, in this trilogy of horrors. <laughs> um, but uh, you, I only watched a Christmas Carol. You watched. A Christmas Carol and a Polar Express. So any callbacks to Polar yeah. Express, you're going to be our guy. You're going to be our man of encyclopedic knowledge. Uh, you said
1: trilogy there. Is there a third one? Oh, dad, you, you
0: haven't seen Beowulf?
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought you meant like a trilogy of Christmas. No, 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 films.
0: no. I'm talking about the trilogy of Robert Zemeckis motion capture movies. Was that Robert Zemeckis? Yes, I, I forgot. I forgot he did Beowulf. So oh, right. it's okay. Paul. I think Polar Express is. I think Polar Express is 04. and then I think Beowulf is two thousand seven, and then Christmas Carol is two thousand nine. I think. Yes, I've got it up here. Yes, you're right. Um, so. Yeah, I guess, you know, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Do you want to go ahead and introduce the podcast? And then we could talk about this until the fucking cows come home. We could we could go down exactly. as many rabbit holes as to we Until the want. Christmas cows come home. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. D-
1: they, they, They're much they merrier than other cows.
0: <laughs>
1: Aye. Um, what's up, people of Peopleton? Welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Jones.
0: And co-hosting with me, the spirit of COVID Christmas himself, <laughs> Scott Morrison. So you're going to be like, oh, and t- today I will be playing... <laughs> multiple roles on this podcast <laughs> i'll be playing the role of both of us scott's not here <laughs> i'm mocapping scott he's just doing the voice Why? i didn't want to break the magic <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i so robert zemeckis is a christmas carol um yeah so this is the yeah this is the third in his trilogy of movies um right where he was trying to i guess he was he was just dabbling in in this world Hmm. of of mocap he was he was giving it the old college try um we right before the podcast started me and you were doing like a, a kind of little bit of research and um we were looking into the production of the polar express because i was like i want to kind of i want to like understand a little bit about maybe like where this obsession that he had like came from Uh, and reading the we were on Wikipedia we are reading it and it was quite funny to see it's like oh uh, Robert Zemeckis wanted to adapt the story um, but thought it would look awful in live action (laughs) and I'm like hey hey, Robert I know hindsight is everything but it doesn't look that great in motion capture either (laughs) it's funny you uh, we
1: we knew we wanted to do one of the Robert Zemeckis um, Christmas films we knew we wanted to do one of them and originally we were going to do Polar Express, but I wanted to watch both of them anyway because my, my my general thesis today, my question that I'm trying to investigate, and you are hopefully going to join me with it, Scott, is is Robert Zemeckis Christmas?
0: Is, it Christmas, <laughs> is <right>? he Christmas? <laughs> is he Christmas? Is he as in so like I, I watched? Is he just the concept of Christmas? Is he Christmas enough? Is
1: is he? Yeah, the, like, is he the concept of Christmas? Um, I know most of his films aren't based around Christmas, but is it like is he secretly Christmas the whole time? Okay. So I watched both of them, and um, the thing is that the, I had the problem with is, is that I was really bored watching Polar Express. Right. I actually found it... I was, I was watching it, and I was really struggling to stay with it. Like, I really had to mm-hmm. force myself to keep coming back and watching it. How long is it?
0: Um... Polar Express. It's not long. It's a, it, it's about the same length as Christmas Carol. They're both just like just over an hour and a half. Something that I, I I'm not I'm not like veering away from your conversation or anything. It's just something that we we brought up uh cuz I watched this film with with Key um and something that I brought up was like Christmas Carol, no matter what version you watch, never feels long because mm. you always know where you're at in a Christmas yeah. Carol. You know because it's such a widely uh told story. And, and, and such a like a, it's been told so many times that you know you know when like you're coming towards the end of the Ghost of Christmas Past you're like alright he's got to fucking knock through the Ghost of Christmas pr- uh, future stuff that takes like five minutes that's the shortest one and then we got the whole like you there boy what day is it and then we're all, we're off well, you know the credits are going to roll yeah. so it's like you always kind of know where you're at and so I never feel like it feels mm. long whereas I could imagine Polar Express feeling long much like the train yeah. that they are all aboard the thing about the polar
1: express is that like the characters aren't sort of like the none of the characters are really engaging they're not Mm. like they're very sort of like just stand in like they're they're not they just do things they're not they're not they don't feel like real people (laughs) and uh like the plot is so simple but like there's nothing really added to it and there's no and the animation doesn't help the animation makes the thing whole thing look a bit soulless Mm -hmm. so you it it makes it like a struggle to like invest in these characters because when you look at them (laughs) look at
0: their faces they just look dead behind the eyes (laughs) oh yeah they they all i think that's always been i think that's always been the common criticism and that that they are quite zombie like Mm -hmm. Uh, but the other
1: thing is that like there's action scenes in polar express and like there's no real sense of gravity to any of the characters like <laughs> yeah. they all they all feel sort of like like if they if one of them fell off the train you would just get this sense that they would just harmlessly bounce away because they don't look like they don't f- have any sort of sense of weight that would make them feel like real people but i so there doesn't feel like any stakes and it doesn't really feel like you, there's any character connection the story is sort of like Really drawn out, and by the about halfway through, I was like, I
0: fucking need to. If I'm to watch this film, I really need to like concentrate yeah. to actually keep with it. Okay, well that that's maybe an interesting place to start, um, because I, I'm 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 curious about something from your perspective. So when I was watching A Christmas Carol, something that I I kept noticing was how weightless every character seemed. I was like, no mm. one's feet really look like they're connecting with the ground in any meaningful way. And so everyone just kind of looks like they're floating above the ground ever so slightly and just kind of sliding along the ground. Um and so I'm curious like you know, this would have been 5 years after he gives it a go. So this would be yeah, 5 years after Christmas uh, after mm. Polar Express. How much do you think the animation improved? from polar express to christmas carol
1: i mean in a lot of ways dramatically like uh-huh. christmas carol looks a lot more sort of real i think the characters look a lot more uh like they have souls they look a, a lot more sort of um there I um, inherently you can, you can, disagree <laughs> well I'm not I'm not saying they look there I'm not saying that they've got it perfected I'm saying in comparison to Polar Express like it makes you appreciate <laughs> how like how how sort of Christmas Carol developed it yeah like in Polar Express they all look dead behind the eyes but in Christmas Carol you can at least see the actors expressions coming through so there is a bit more to connect with Whereas Polar Express just feels like, oh, this is this is what the pod people would create if they were, a film. <laughs> if they
0: were making a movie. Hmm. Um, okay, because yeah, something that again I was thinking about a lot while watching it was, uh, you, you know, you're going for this motion capture approach, so you're getting like real genuine actors' reactions and, and 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 engagement and things like that. But I was like, when. When you then have sequences like uh so I think about like when they're setting up for the party uh and what's it, what's the what's the the guy what's the name of the guy uh I've forgotten his name it's the guy which, that mr Scrooge, they the, the guy that mr Scrooge works for when he's a younger man oh um fuzzy, Wake, fuzzy wig
1: fuzzy is it's so, so it's something like that
0: they're getting ready to set up for the party and like fuzzy wig like jumps off of like a high chair yes. and lands on a table and like springboards off the table and does a backflip and hits the ground and then in the next sequence they're at the party and they're doing this dance that is you know insane It's it can't be done it's not possible by real humans and that again made me question this whole thing of like why is this filmed the way that it's filmed because you've gone for this like we're gonna capture like real actors expressions and emotions but then put them on these like very outlandish animation so i'm just like why isn't just the whole thing animated and it might feel a bit more yeah. consistent like
1: it's like it's too stylistic to be realistic and it's too realistic to be stylistic yeah that's like the problem with the christmas carol aesthetically i would say that the that when when the fucking boss fuzzy wig turns into a frogman for some reason is it i think he he's like the only physical character like that i suppose isn't a ghost or a spirit that doesn't move normally i feel like everybody else at least as far as i can remember moves like a normal person would relatively considering this sort of style of animation that's the one scene where he jumps like
0: that and it is very frog like and you're like where's that come from yeah that's so it's strange. so that's why it's so out of nowhere that whole sequence um yeah, I just I, I just I, I I don't know. I just it just didn't like mesh together for me at all. And I was just like, I don't understand why they didn't just make this all animated. Or like the sequence where he's um he's flying on like the rocket ship tin thing. And it's all just so over the top. And I just don't understand why you didn't just make it all animated. Um, um Yeah. Someone that I wanted <laughs> someone that I wanted to compare. Zemeckis to in this in terms of these three movies is a, a filmmaker we have talked about uh, quite recently. We've actually talked about him twice on this podcast uh, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, I, I want to compare him to Ang Lee for a little minute. Right. Okay. Because I think it's interesting that both him and Ang Lee have dedicated themselves for a chunk of their career to something very specific. So for a chunk of his career, Ang, uh, sorry, uh, Robert Zemeckis dedicates his his time and efforts to trying to work out this motion capture animation technology and he spends Mm. five years and makes three movies trying to tackle it at the same time more recently you've got ang lee who has spent the last sort of three movies worth of his filmography grappling with this high frame rate uh, yeah. Because he had uh, what was it uh, uh, the 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 long walk of I think it's called the long walk of Billy Billy Lee or something like that is I want to say forty eight frames per second and then obviously Gemini Man is one hundred and twenty frames per second um and it, it's it's really it's it's weird because it, it what it feels like is that both of them are almost like trying to figure out this technology so that they so that other filmmakers down the road can use it more effectively but the issue yeah. is that both with high frame rate and with this like mocap animation it's like fil- other filmmakers don't seem that interested in using it and also <laughs> audiences don't seem that interested in watching it you know what i mean hmm. so it's like for 5 years we don't get like a regular robert zemeckis movie because he's committed to this fucking weird mocap animation stuff that no one's really yeah. into and people spend 5 years being like I don't like this they look like zombies <laughs> I particularly in this film when uh when um Gary Oldman looks directly at the camera and talks to the audience directly that made me want to cry <laughs> it made me upset <laughs> <laughs> yes um and I just yeah I just think it's 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 like a it's... I don't know. It almost feels a little bit of shame. I mean, Robert is less so because he's very much out of that now. You know, we've had things like... Mm. Uh, what, what have we had since then? Flight and The Walk and... Uh, the uh, welcome, welcome to welcome Marwin, which River I have not School. seen. I don't know if you've seen that, but...
1: I did see that one. And uh, it was it was a weird film. I don't remember any of the girls, apart from the fact it's weird.
0: <laughs> mm. Whereas Ang Lee is still, still mm. very much like... I mean, I don't know how much longer, given the reception of Gemini Man, from everyone except for me and you. (laughs) But um, uh, yeah, I am kind of like, I'm curious as to how much longer he's going to dabble in that before maybe he just goes back to regular Ang Lee dramas. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Maybe when he has to go to Netflix,
1: because none of the other studios want to fund him. Yeah,
0: want to fund him. Oh, Ang. And Netflix...
1: And Netflix are like, we don't care how many frames per it make, <laughs> you do. It doesn't, doesn't make any difference on our stream. I actually sessions. feel like it would
0: because I feel like that's something. Speaking of Christmas movies, I, we recently watched a uh, uh, Jingle Jangle. Have you watched that? Which which one's Jingle Jangle? Jingle Jangle? Jangle it's a uh, Forest Whitaker. Uh, it is a Forest Whitaker, and uh, I am forgetting the name of. Uh, key from key and peel there's jordan peel and what is the other guy oh what's he called oh it's like three names it doesn't uh Ke- keegan key. michael keegan keegan michael key um it's yeah. those two and it's uh netflix original basically kind of about two feuding advent- inventors right. and it's set at christmas uh and i i hated it um but like something that like really disturbs me about or not disturbs me but like just annoys me about netflix movies now is that netflix very much seems to have like unless you are you know scorsese or kaufman it's like he they they seem to have a a very set way that they want their movies to look and be shot and it's just very similar to the like because i guess they want to create like a at all like a, like an atmosphere of like yeah you're watching a Netflix movie like you know you're watching a Netflix movie but I'm like yeah. I don't want that I don't want to know that I'm watching a Netflix movie does that make sense like <laughs> not against Netflix I just yeah. like I want my movies to be unique as movies yeah I want yeah and I don't want everything to have this like distinctive look to where it's like oh I know I'm watching a Netflix movie because I hate it um so yeah I feel like they would kick up a fuss um but yeah yes. I don't know how you cuz I, I think it's interesting that we haven't Done as a Zemeckis film before. Given that, like, I feel like you must have a pretty big attachment to him. What with him being the... I, I,
1: I don't have. It's weird. I don't have a specific attachment to his films. Like, if I see a Zemeckis film come out, it's because he's had such a varied career. Yeah, and like, Back to the fu- Back
0: to the Future is like the reason I was saying that's because you're a huge Back to the Future fan. Yeah, but Back to the Future is so long ago, and he's had such an odd yeah. career since then, or like such a and, diverse career. Yeah. Like, yeah it's it's been such a hit
1: and miss career like he has done some bad films and he's done some good films um and like he's done some of my favorites and, and including in animation when uh who framed roger rabbit which is a huge film a huge deal in terms of like um animation um the way they filmed it and stuff um but yeah if 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 you're like oh, a film is coming out this year i'm not specifically buzzed to see it for Zemeckis yeah if that makes sense I'll see what it looks like and I might be interested but not specifically for him
0: yeah and how do you feel about the fact that we lost you know five years to <laughs> to weird animation Zemeckis
1: I mean with hit and Miss Zemeckis you, you could have just ended up using he could have just like made t- like bad films in that, in that yeah time. <laughs> that's true like, like it wouldn't like it he could have just made them because like he does make bad films he does make good films like yeah he like it's not really too much of loss and plus he's as as i say he's made so many other films that you're like yeah there's there's plenty of zemeckis out there mm. there's plenty of his brand of movies out there and i like that he does he clearly does like passion projects because they're so varied that like you can't imagine that the studio's like going oh there's this guy who uh, walked between the twin towers zemeckis (laughs) (laughs) that's our man (laughs) you can't imagine that like you imagine he must he must look at script and go oh fucking yeah i'd like to have a go at this yeah so i guess the best place to go now uh, the best question to ask up top before actually going into detail with this film is did you like it
0: not really no (laughs) no okay that's good because neither did i okay uh, i (laughs) i really thought you were going to be a fan because no um
1: see i i love the christmas carol i like i love the i love the fucking story of the christmas carol um today in preparation for this i listened to an audiobook of the christmas carol as read by tim curry recommend it because um i I love i love that story i think it's such a I i think it's like just one of just yeah it's just a fucking fantastic story um and i was watching this and there's some things that i did find interesting and there's some things so when i was listening to the audiobook today i didn't realize was in the book that this film does that i've never seen before what's that um there's a couple i I can i'll I'll go to specifics in a second but like there's a couple of things i saw that i was like that's a weird thing for the film to include When it turns out it's actually in the book um but i just didn't so I love the I love watching adaptations of Christmas Carol, but I just didn't get behind this one. Mm. And uh, it's partly an anim- animation, partly the fucking insane tone this film goes yep. for. This film has a a weird mental tone, and m- I feel bad for saying it partly because of Jim Carrey. Mm. I didn't buy Jim Carrey as Ebenezer Scrooge, and um, it it kind of lose like you really need Ebenezer Scrooge to work if you want this if you want a Christmas Carol to work because mm. you know he's He's your central protagonist. He's the one you're journeying with. And I didn't... Fundamentally, I didn't really buy Jim Carrey as an old man. It just feels... Maybe... And it might partly be because we know Jim Carrey. We can hear the voice Jim Carrey. And even when he's putting on that British accent, it's like you can still hear it's Jim Carrey. Mm. But I just did not... I didn't buy him as it.
0: I feel like this film actually could have done us so much better if it got someone else as the star. Mm. I feel like I haven't seen... I outside of the Muppets Christmas Carol which I saw quite recently which made I feel like <coughs> watching this a little bit also made me resent it a little bit more because I was like oh god I like I just watched this, basically, you know what I mean. And it's like so many of the lines are repeated in both versions and stuff. And I'm like, man, I d- hmm. like I just saw this movie. Now the fucking guys are gonna come in. They're gonna be like, give us money for the orphanage. And he's gonna be like, no, you're not getting any money for. Except at least when it was two Muppets, it was there was it was fun. You know what I mean? They were shutting a latch on. <laughs> um, Christmas Carol is probably the best adaption, I'd say. I fucking love the Muppets yeah. Christmas Carol. So. Maybe, maybe this has a lot more to do with the fact that the, the, the only version I'd seen recently was the Muppet version. But I feel like they really make him a proper monster in this one. Not just in, like, his attitudes towards things, but, like, the way he moves and interacts with the world just feels... It, I thought it felt just genuine. I was like, they're trying to make him, like, the most fucking just... Ugh, just, like, disgusting fucking thing like you know what i mean to, to to look at yeah but then maybe that's again a product of the weird animation maybe my brain is still really adjusting at that point uh but i'm curious like in terms of maybe like the, the things he 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 the way that and the, the way he acts and the thing he says like is that very similar to like the book and like is he any more this... exaggerated in this version compared to the way he is in the book this um this version has got a lot of stuff that like it's very very faithful
1: adaption except for the weird stuff they add i I guess it is I guess i I know what you mean it's very sort of over the the performance is overplayed and the movements are like very sort of jim Carrey and over mm-hmm. over the top animated um yeah I do feel I do what you mean he's a bit meaner because I feel like in the in most adaptions they know that Scrooge isn't a bad person mm-hmm. he's just like a a tight-fisted, cynical mm-hmm. person, yeah. and that's the thing that needs to change. Like, I feel like the 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 most the Christmas carols go most wrong when they they portray him as like a f- fucking
0: terrible person. He's the yeah. worst
1: person, in he needs to be a good person. Because does, like, no, like
0: most of the time, does the book? Sorry, o- carol. sorry does the uh, sorry to interrupt. I don't mean to. It's so hard over the video thing. <laughs> um, does the book open with the Uh, huh, uh Marley's? Dead. Like, yes. does it open with him yeah. taking the coins it off opens... his eyes?
1: Yeah, I think it's like the, the first line of the book is something like on the lines of, Jacob Marley was dead. Uh, and that's like, that's important for you to know in order to understand um, this story. Uh. Like, and if, yeah, he does. He takes the coins off the, the eyes and stuff. Because uh, the book is really dark and gothic. Uh, and it was like, it's sort of one of those things. That, it's weird. It's been translated into kids books, so, uh, kids films so many times because when you're when you're reading it it's not really a kid's book Mm -hmm. it's a very sort of it's a gothic dark ghost story Mm
0: -hmm. um but yeah it does open on that it does open on that it's such a an odd film to talk about because we really don't need to go into the plot in the slightest because you just have to say (laughs) it's a christmas carol like you don't there's nothing we can say about like the plot specifics that are worth talking about because it's just it's a it's christmas not even carol worth,
1: yeah uh, it's not even worth a spoiler tag yeah
0: because <laughs> if you don't if you don't know the christmas carol by now you'll probably never know it. um yeah because i i think that especially uh the 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 scene where he's being tormented by the ghost of marley before the before the actual manifestation of the ghost turns up and he's kind of being tormented by him especially in this version i was like this is genuinely like quite tense and quite creepy and if i was Hmm. a kid i would i definitely could see myself being like very disturbed by this um yeah but it's like you said it's like i guess it's it's not a story that was like intended as a kid's story Hmm. but i think maybe it's just that it's it's like a, a a parable that we've decided as an important one to teach children at a young age you know what I mean um, yeah it's a, another thing we've not mentioned about this film
1: that I suppose is hugely important to that conversation is this is Disney's Christmas Carol yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, which like, makes that bad, whole sequence all title. the more creepy because um, hmm. we talked about uh, I, th- I actually think we, me and you talked about this recently on our episode about parents uh, the whole thing of you know um, movies don't seem to like actively want to scare children as much as they used to i'm fairly certain we talked about this yes and i talked about how i've been watching goosebumps and it's genuinely just very fucking surreal and quite scary if you're a child Uh, but i did feel like aspects of this i was like yeah if i was a kid this would this would probably affect me like the ghost Hmm. one of the few things i really really like about this film is their version of the ghost of christmas future I like that for the most part, he is just Scrooge's shadow, um, Hmm. like pointing him in the direction he's supposed to go and kind of where it doesn't work as much as when he sort of becomes more of like a physical thing, which I will get into later because that's a part of the film I really hated. (laughs) But I did like, I liked when he was mostly just his shadow. Is that, is that like a book thing? Is that a i think oh if i'm trying to remember it's because the
1: the description i think it describes him i I think it's uses the word shadow in a more metaphorical sense yeah i think that's something the zemeckis has brought to this film is him being a literal shadow Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i I think in the in
0: the book it's more he's more described as a shadow as i say more metaphorically yeah i like it because it's you know that that at this mm. point the future is not fixed like it's kind of just a, a shadow of what could happen uh, and I yeah. like that they kind of go for an actual representation of that by just making him Scrooge's shadow um, but yeah I was I, I, I it is odd that it's it's a Disney movie because 2009 mm. was not that long ago really in the grand scheme of things no. you know what I mean it's like they <clears throat> it's not like in the last few years they've got a lot more fucking you know universally friendly <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah um yeah it is bizarre no i get that and i yeah that's I, you're right it's it is a pro
1: that i was like when i when it first sort of went to the jacob marley sequence i was like is this film like better than i remember because i saw this in the cinema like when it came out same yeah um and i i really didn't remember like anything about it mm. uh, and then i was watching the jacob marley stuff where like it's beginning and it's building the atmosphere and I was like, is this, like, film, like, a, a like a decent of? And I've just never really sort of, I don't remember it as much. And it goes for the doorknob. And that that's the thing that creeps you out first. Because the doorknob that turns into Jacob Marley and, like, like his mouth opens and, like, teeth fling out of his yeah. mouth. And it's, like, a horrific image for, like, a kid's film. And I was like, well, yeah, respect. Especially when it's, like, and then, like, Scrooge is in his bedroom and, like, you hear the, the concrete um, slabs that, like... Are chained to the ghost of Marley, and you hear them like travel around the house, and it's like this is really atmospheric. It's yeah. like a it's a horror film
0: like done for kids, but it's like done really effectively. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and then you see Jacob Marley, and the animation is a nightmare, and he looks solid while at the same time looking transparent, but not in like a good, effective way. <laughs> um, it, like it doesn't look like it's meant to look as solid as it does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Uh, I also thought it was funny the um, the the doorknob sequence. It that's a sequence I kind of find scary in like every version. Like even in the yeah. Muppets version, there's it's like a little bit unnerving when he looks up at the doorknob and the doorknob is Marley's face. Um. Yeah. But in this version especially, Scrooge then falls back. And, like, fucking slams his back off, like, yes, a staircase. And I said to Katie, I was like, if that was a real old man, he would be dead now. <laughs> <laughs> um, or at the very least, like, he would never fucking walk again. But this one just gets up and brushes it off. It's no big deal. I'm going to go make my soup and sit in front of the fire now. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, it's, when you do see the ghost, it is very... Um... I I like the idea that the ghost doesn't make eye contact with Scrooge. Yeah, there is something really sort of disturbing about that, but yeah, if it most it mostly just comes out the animation. You're just
0: looking at it and going it just doesn't look right. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. look it looks a bit mental. Um I <clears throat> in in regards to the ghosts, like we've talked about two of them now. Uh I I the the ghost of Christmas present, it doesn't bother me too much. I find the laugh incredibly frustrating and infuriating after yeah. he's done that laugh I think maybe twice I was like I'd never want to hear that laugh again and then he does it a hundred more <laughs> times Um, but you know it's very much in keeping I feel like with the with most designs of the Ghost of Christmas present it's Father Christmas That that, that yeah. that's the thing about the Ghost of
1: Christmas present it's Father Christmas although I'll say that yeah, when you're, you're talking about the Muppets version I feel like that one is just so infectious yeah because like the ghost of Christmas present should it feels like he should just be like such a, a lovely friendly brilliant human being that you would just want to spend your time with Uh and in the Muppets Christmas Carol one they nail it Yeah, like that that mu- full sized caution Muppet is like just so fucking lovely you just want to spend all day hugging him yeah he also, he also gets um, the
0: best song in that movie in my opinion um, yes uh, so I feel like that endears f- you to him more Uh it feels like Christmas yeah. Feels like Christmas. That is a Yeah, the the one that really bothered me of all of them though is the Ghost of Christmas Past. Right. So this one's (laughs) always a one
1: where I was reading the book today, and I did not know how sort of almost Lovecraftian the the Ghost of Christmas Past is, Mm -hmm. because there's a sequence in the book where it describes the Ghost of Christmas Past of as looking old yet young. He looks like an old man without a wrinkle he has he's different faces he has different amount of limbs which <laughs> <Richard> he has two <laughs> legs then he has more and then he has less and i was like oh right okay this makes sense this is why no one's ever got yeah got <laughs> it 100 yeah for, <laughs> for a weird sort of christmas um the christmas past is such a weird ghost described uh-huh. like it doesn't it's not a consistent ghost although it does it, it does say that there's a light coming out of it so I guess that the this one Ghost of Christmas Past, which is, it's kind of like a flame character. It's like he's it's basically like, close like a, in that
0: sense. He's basically a candle, like it's like mm. a very thin body, and then the head is detached from the body and is a flame. It's a it's a can, mm. it's a candle, uh, and the part that disturbs me the most is that this is the first time you realize that Jim Carrey will be playing <laughs> multiple. Can- <laughs> Tonight, the role of the Ghost of Christmas Past will be performed by Jim Carrey. <laughs> Um, so it's basically just Jim Carrey's face, like coloured S- yellow, like skin grafted onto this fucking orb of energy, and then yeah, coloured yellow, and it's a fucking it nightmare. Weird. And then not only is that, it, yeah, he talks in this very hushed, whispered tone, and then not only that. But he also, for some reason, is Irish. <laughs> Choices. The film, in that moment, in the first moment that you that you see the Ghost of Christmas Past, the film throws so much at you <laughs> that I just I thought I was gonna fall unconscious because my brain couldn't process like what it was seeing. <laughs> it's. It's a a bizarre idea for a ghost. It's and so yeah, surreal, it and you wonder the Irish thing is like—is that a Jim Carrey choice? Is that a Robert <laughs> Zemeckis direction? Like, what is that? <laughs> um, it's a very strange choice. Incredibly bathroom, and uh, yeah, it's that thing. It's the thing with these these motion capture films again. The thing that really like disturbed me about them is uh, like a uh, thing I kept thinking about was Ellie Noir. You remember L.A. Noire, okay. the video game? Yeah, yeah, The yeah. whole thing with that video game was that was using motion capture uh, so that you would have, like, real expressions uh, that they would use for the characters because the whole thing with that game it's was... A de- it's a detective it's game. It's a detective game, and yeah. And the whole yeah. thing was supposed to be that you are like, reading people's reactions to to your questions and things like that. <clears throat> but they, they obviously say the joke of that game... And from my understanding, now that it's been remastered on the PlayStation 4, it's in a better state than it was. I haven't played it, so I don't know. But when I originally played it on the 360, um, the thing that always stood out for me to me was how over-the-top exaggerated the performances, like, the, the facial animations would be because the actors are having to, like, ham it up so much because it's being motion-captured. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think at that time, there wasn't room for subtlety like you had to be quite Hmm. loud with your expressions it's not as kind of nuanced as they can make it now um and so i kept thinking about l.a. noir because there's so many uh moments in l.a. noir where like you'll ask somebody a question and they'll be like oh you know maybe i did see you maybe i didn't and then they'll stand and look at you with like this scrunched up like like oh I, i don't think he's buying it kind of look and there's a lot of that in this movie i felt there's a lot of like like jim carrey won't be saying anything. He'll just be reacting to something. Like I especially noticed when they're in the fucking Ghost of Christmas Present spaceship, <laughs> um, <laughs> and it, they're they're he's getting the angel's view of London, and um, it's it keeps just kind of, you know, showing the Ghost of Christmas Present and Scrooge's reactions, and Scrooge is constantly his face that listeners won't be able to see this, but his face was just like <laughs> at like nothing i think that like I he's just his face was just always your face up yeah it's <laughs> like he's just his face was just like always moving for some reason i'm like just fucking just react normally like what is this um which again is like why i just like can't get involved i like i could not get on board with like how this movie looked at all like at all mm-hmm. um but yeah uh something else that i i, I kind of wanted to touch on was like this film uh, came out around the time, and I think all three of them, well, actually, not maybe not Polar Express, but I know Beowulf was the first movie I ever went to see in... It was the first movie I ever saw. It was the first movie I ever went to see um, <laughs> in 3D. Yes. Because that was right when 3D was kicking off. And Christmas I, Carol
1: was the first film I went and saw in free Like, contemporary 3D as yes. well, actually.
0: And I think Christmas Carol came out right when... I don't want to say it was peaking but it's definitely where like 3D was getting pushed big time. And you mm. got to remember that like this is the same this would have came out at the exact same time as Avatar. Yeah. Um which is you know like still kind of seen as like the 3D movie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh I don't feel like anything really managed to surpass that in the time that 3D was popular. Mm. I feel like there's a lot of stuff in this movie that looks like it was made for 3D definitely yeah definitely um
1: i was gonna say that because especially uh the ghost of christmas uh, yet to come mm-hmm. he's like as you say he's a shadow but there'll be sequences where he turned <laughs> like he comes out of being a shadow yeah and into the real world and there every single time he does it it's clearly supposed to be yeah for 3d like his his hand is on the shadow of the steps and then it forms into the real world
0: and puts right at the camera, and you're yep. like, "That's a 3D moment there." Um, uh, and I know there's a lot in the the uh, the sequence with the Ghost of uh, Christmas Future where they, he has the whip, and the whip mm. keeps hitting the like it. It's almost like it cracks off the screen. Um, yes, I remember he did. Uh, I remember he did a similar thing in uh, Beowulf, where there's a scene where Grendel fucking chucks some dude. And you follow the guy up, and then as he comes down, he gets like impaled, and the like the spike comes like right out into the screen at you. And I remember that being the big like, whoa! Like I'm watching a 3D movie. Like this is crazy. <laughs> um, something that I noticed as well is like <clears throat> there's a lot of um, there's a lot of flying in this movie. Yes. And I always is. used to think it was a thing when 3D was big that flying always looked really good in 3D. Mm. Um, because I remember, again, it's like another movie that I, I thought was really, looked really good in 3D, was the first How to Train Your Dragon, which I think is the year before this, so I'm not going to say they saw that movie and, like, copied it or whatever, but it's like, yeah, I feel like so, so many people kind of, like, uh, championed the the sort of flying 3D effects in How to Train Your Dragon, that it almost feels like they went, ah, we'll just put loads of flying in this, because 3D looks good uh, when you're flying. Because you got perspective shifts, and it's all weird, and um, yeah, I don't know how much flying there is in the book, <laughs> <laughs> but
1: I mean there there is some. Like like Christmas Carol is known for like having flying sequences. Like there is even a line um, when he goes with a Christmas goes to Christmas Past. Mm. Like she goes out the he or she goes out the window, and um, uh, Scrooge says, oh, "I'm just a mere mortal. I, I I'll fall." So there is, there is flying in it. I think that the weird thing especially when he Jim like Scrooge kills the Ghost of Christmas Past by the looks of it by snuffing the fire out is it turns into a space rocket and shoots him up into the yes. sky which Again. is
0: well. a
1: weird sequence. <laughs> especially yeah. that this yeah, it's um that that's all to do with the tone and stuff which I do want to come back to. Uh the only, the other thing I'll say for the 3D is I do remember seeing The Christmas Carol on one of the in the free, the, the striking thing about Christmas Carol in 3D was the snow, snow yeah. And uh, yeah, the 3D, yeah. S- the the snow in 3D looked really, it looked like it was snowing right in front of you. Mm-hmm. It was really sort of convincing and like a really cool part of the film. Um, so yeah, that was the other thing I wanted to say. No, I,
0: re- I remember, um, I remember my dad at the time being like fixated on the snow, and he's just like, Oh my god, it looked like it was snowing <laughs> at the cinema. And I'm like, Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, we've, we've come so <laughs> oh. far, <laughs> let's talk tone. Yes. Um, So that this is the
1: thing I met. I was watching the film and I messaged you halfway through, going, "I did not. I don't remember this having a mental tone, and it is mental in the bad sense because, like, this is we've we've talked about how this is kind of a horror film, but it's also a proper. It's got elements of being a proper kids film. Yeah. Because here's the thing about Christmas Carol. As I said, it's not really meant for kids. Therefore, there's a lot in it that's like that. Yeah. Would bore kids like if mm-hmm. they're like unless it's like unless you do something like put muppets in it and it's like fun and slapstick um but i think muppets handled that a bit better whereas this one they put in like as you as you are probably burning with rage to talk about chase sequences there's like act there's action sequences in this adaption of christmas carol this is a slapstick
0: action-packed horror version yeah. of a christmas carol here's the thing about the 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 chase sequence i i think it is a combination of like everything i've talked about in regards to like this movie in that like what i i, I mostly think it's there to show off the 3d again like yes. i really do think it's there because yeah because they they wanted to show off like how amazing their 3d technology was uh, and so they want to have this like crazy, over-the-top sequence in it that just doesn't fit in the slightest. The other thing I, I, I was thinking about, and this comes back to um, what I was talking about where like A Christmas Carol never, fe- never feels long, uh, mm. is like I almost feel like that scene is them padding for time. Yes. I feel like it's mm. like they know that all they've got left in the fucking can is the gravestone reveal and then... Mm. Scrooge the next morning. So they're like, let's just pad for twelve or so minutes with this ridiculous fucking chase sequence. Cause um,
1: it's it's essentially the third act climax. It's like the third act action sequence in a film that was never
0: never like in a story that was never meant to have action sequences. Yeah. But it's 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 I mean it's just it's fucking ridiculous. And again, it's that thing of like the uh, again What I've been talking about, where it's like everything that's happening in that sequence is so over the top that it's like, why did you even try to go for this like Hmm. realistic mocap approach when you have like Scrooge, a very old man, like on his back, like spinning a barrel, like with his feet, like a but you know what I mean? It's just, it's just. I, I really feel like that sequence really just took everything that I yeah. had thought about the movie up to that point and just like fucking mushed it into like a 12 minute long sequence and I I hated it.
1: <laughs> I suppose we we should contextualize this cuz this is like one of the few things that they've added to the film. Yeah, so I guess so. When when he meets when he meets Chris um the ghost of christmas yet to come um For some strange reason the ghost of christmas yet to come even though he starts as a shadow comes out into a real form gets a horse and carriage and starts chasing ebenezer down the the Mm. streets i think this is it's part of the reason why it's such a boring sequence is that you don't believe that the ghost of christmas past is trying to kill ebenezer yeah you know the story (laughs) you know that's not what's gonna happen well that's you know you know that ghost is there to help him yeah
0: this is my thing is that up to this point He's been, like, well, kind of since, like, mid-Ghost of Christmas Past, he's been kind of on board with, like, yeah, hmm. like, show me what's up, show me what's happening. He even says when, like, the Ghost of Christmas feature turns up, he's like, I'm in your fucking hands, like, do your thing, yeah. show me what's up. But then this ghost is, like, getting the weird carriage, and Scrooge is like, nah, mate, I'm up into none of that. <laughs> Tries to fucking boot <laughs> none of it that. out of no, there. Please. No, please. And thanks. it's so, like, I don't know, It's 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 just... It's so fucking weird. It's such a weird addition. And At then one it's like... point he, he's running and he shrinks. Yeah.
1: He shrinks down to real small. And then he has the fucking helium Jim Carrey voice. Yeah. And you're like, what a way to kill any tension in like your your the what's supposed to be the scariest part of the whole film, the future that could be if he carries on as the way he is. And you've got Jim Carrey going, Oh my god, I'm trying to get away for the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Uh. Yeah what the fuck are you doing movie and also that's when it takes a break he goes into this pipe it's small and you're like thank fuck that's over he gets out the pipe and then he's chased all over again. yeah <laughs> i was like oh i guess that's not the end of that sequence
0: i just yeah i fuck man uh, yeah i really hated it um and it just it just elongated the film completely unnecessarily um Something that I actually wanted to bring up real quick. This isn't so much to do with Tony, it's just something that I was thinking of when I was watching the movie, and you've read the book, so you'll be able to tell me. I feel like the the shit the change from him being just a fucking normal, chill dude. Like when you see him at that party, he's like having the time of his life, he's having a great time. To him being like a prick. Like, I I, I always I'm like, what's the what's the what's the progression there? Like I get that he's like treated like shit as a kid and he's kind of bullied but then it seems like when he's a young man he's done what most people do which is like oh yeah when you're a kid people are kind of shitty but like now i'm a, now i'm a, an adult and i could i can do what i want yeah. and then in the next and then he meets the you know the girl of his dreams and then in the next scene it's supposed to be years later and she's like oh you've changed like you've changed you're all obsessed with money now and stuff and i was like where does that we don't, I, I, we don't see that change. He's just like, we see him yeah. as a cool young man and then the next scene we're told by someone, oh, you're kind of shitty and all you think about is money now. And he's like, "Bah, humbug. Um, yeah, and I was curious as to like, did he go into that in the book in any more way? Like, kind of, why? Or does he just think, naturally become a prick?
1: No, I think that is part of the book, if I remember right. Um, I think in the book, yeah, he just progresses from, that was when he was at the peak of his happiness, uh, and he was, I think most, I think the, the biggest implication would be that it's the boss that keeps Scrooge happy and upbeat. Mm-hmm. And like his father, when he was a kid was a like a horrible presence. And then like, he has this bright light presence of his boss who was like, is very and, uh, Christmas and festive. And then when he stops working for that boss, he goes back downhill. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think in the book, it's really sort of, it, it is just basically on that line. Mm-hmm. Of like that's <clears throat> that's the next thing that happens to him. This is this is how he got from that happy Scrooge to this one. Although I will say for that sequence, um, there's a couple of sequences in this film. They do a really good job of knowing when to cut the music. Mm-hmm. And I think what was really good about the sequence about of uh, the love interest leaving Ebenezer Scrooge is it's eerily silent, mm-hmm. and it really does it does really contrast from the dance sequence like the one before. And um, yeah, it's because it starts off. He meets her in the like in the middle of a dance, and then they carry on dancing, and then it fades into that scene from all the music just to this eerie silence. And I thought that was really done well.
0: Mm. I, I never really picked up on that, but yeah, that's a good a good show. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it's it's an odd movie. It's all over the fucking place. Um, I think as well when you get. I will say I like I do like this version's I do like this movie's version of Happy Scrooge at the end. Yeah. <clears throat> I like that everybody thinks he's just gone a bit insane. Um yeah. I'm especially a big fan of when he slides along the hallway to the top of the stairs and he's like he sees his housekeeper and he's like, Oh, Merry Christmas, and she's like, ah <laughs> Um like I do like yeah. that moment a lot. Um and there was a lot of like quite like of like nice Scrooge stuff that I was like oh, I actually kind of I kind of like this I kind of I'm, I'm like into yeah. this this vibe like more so than uh than the other ones. Does he he do, I take it he also doesn't go to Bob Cratchit's house in the book, right? That's just a Muppet no. movie thing. That's just a Muppet movie thing. No, he because he sends the turkey
1: anonymously. And then that most most editions remember that on, on Boxing Day, he then pretends to get really angry yeah. at Bob Cratchit for arriving 16 minutes late for his shift. And then he's like, do you know what I'm going to do to you, Bob Cratchit? I'm going to give you a raise. And that's like a, <laughs> in in most sequences. Does he not do that in The Muppet's Christmas Carol? I haven't seen it since last no, year.
0: No, The Muppet's Christmas Carol, I think he just goes to Bob Cratchit's house and they all have Christmas dinner with the big turkey that he bought. Okay, he doesn't go to. I feel... He doesn't go to uh the uncle's, uh, the nephew's house in the Muppet movie.
1: Okay, I, I feel like I. Could, oh yeah, I think I don't know. I I am due to rewatch it this year. Um, I feel like I can remember Michael Caine playing that trick on Kermit the Frog, but maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just tripping. Maybe, maybe he plays tripping. it in like
0: maybe. I'm trying to remember to the other night when I watched it because now you've got me doubting myself. No, they definitely <laughs> have Christmas dinner at Bob Cratchit's house. Cause it's just Michael Caine and a bunch of muppets. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, like
1: uh, that is. I mean, it's the best part of the Christmas Carol, isn't it? When he, when Ebenezer Scrooge wakes up and he's like happy. Like yeah. that's that's the whole point of making the whole novel gothic. Is so that that when he when he becomes happy, that's extra fun. That's extra delightful. Michael Caine sings terribly in that yeah. film <laughs> but even though he sings terribly he really sells it because it's happy Ebenezer Scrooge yeah. so you're like absolutely on board for it um, even though he can't
0: sing <laughs> yeah but it's kind of it is kind of the one part of the movie where I was like I felt like Jim Carrey worked the the best I guess
1: I see, I see what you mean because I think when I watched it I was like this is him at his most Jim Carrey like before he's playing the old man like an old man or he's trying to and like it's like yeah he's given an old man performance but at at the end he's basically given a jim carrey performance like he's yeah like even his even his movements which i guess is a credit to them captures like
0: yeah it feels energetically jim carrey yeah um i don't really have much to say there's there's kind of two other like main performances in this movie you have colin firth as the nephew. The weird thing about Colin Firth is that he sounds older than uh, Scrooge. Yeah, like
1: you really don't. You really don't get a sense that Colin Firth's supposed to be Scrooge's um, nephew because Colin Firth just feels like, yeah, it's Jim Carrey's playing this weird sort of cartoony old man, and Colin Firth's playing like a real person of yeah. that age.
0: <laughs> his face also just the the animation on his face just looks overly smooth, to me. Um... And then the the other one is uh, uh Gary Oldman, as yeah, who plays Bob Cratchit and Tiny Tim. Does he play Tiny Tim? According to uh, fucking, we looked up last night. Apparently, he is also Tiny Tim, which is I don't remember that. insane. <laughs> but I don't think because Bob Cratchit looks anything like Gary Oldman in this movie. No, he sounds like him, obviously, but he doesn't look like Gary Oldman.
1: No, it is a it's a weird performance because you can tell it's Gary Oldman just by the voice, mm. but like not not by his looks. I didn't know he played Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim's always a really hard character to get because he's too he's he's not really a character. He's a plot point. Yeah, he's like the innocence, like a representation of the innocence that Scrooge harms when his old ways. So it's hard to get him right. Do you know what the one of the one versions of Christmas Carol? That like got Tiny Tim, re- like did a really good job with him. It's Bill Murray's Sc- Scrooge, which is never not even seen a- that. <sighs> no, I I rewatched it earlier, and I I do like Bill Murray, and I like the film. I feel that the film is weird toned, uh, not in the same sense of this one. It's a very, it's quite a mean spirited version of Scrooge. But the what they do because because it's not based on Christmas Carol. It's about a TV producer who's making adaption of Christmas Carol when the Christmas Carol stuff happens to him. But the, they have a equivalent of Tiny Tim, this kid who witnesses... I think it was he witnesses his dad die in a car crash. And ever since then, he doesn't speak. Uh-huh. And uh, and the, the the first time he speaks is when Bill Murray becomes good Ebenezer Scrooge. And that actually works a lot better. <laughs> it works a lot better when... Because uh, he's obviously played a lot more subtle yeah. than most Tiny Tims. Um, and that was actually the one version of Tiny Tim that I thought really, really works. I think the Muppets won't do a good enough job considering it's a hard Small character cover. to write yeah. yeah um but like it's a really hard character to get and this film i was just like yeah he's, he, it's the same as every other christmas carol yeah. it's just the plot point he's just an overly nice crippled kid that you're supposed to f- um feel bad for and yeah it just like it, it's it's a contrived like manipulation
0: rather than anything yeah. else um I genuinely, I I think the only note I have left that I made, um, was I just wrote, you don't get many Ebenezer's these days, do you?
1: <laughs> no, they've. I think they they wore Christmas Carol down to like, to they wore it down to death, like in the sort of eighties to like two thousands. Uh-huh. Like every everybody did an adaptation of the Christmas Carol. Everybody. It's hard. It's probably hard to find a male British actor who hasn't at one point played Scrooge. Played Scrooge,
0: yeah. that I mean, um, it's just—it's just so like it, it baffles me that anyone would kind of want to tackle it anymore because it's just like surely yeah. every way that it can be done has been done. And then Robert Zemeckis was like, "Now, nah, yeah. what if I do it in a fucking weird mocap <laughs> version? Like, what do you think about that?" And we all went, mm, mm, "No, nobody no, remembers no, it. Thank nobody you. Even thinks about it." <laughs> yeah um
1: yeah it's not something you get as much no it's um it's weird I, w- I would be like it maybe in a few years time i'd be interested to see somebody try and do another christmas carol see like see like after all this time if anybody could bring anything to it like a, a live
0: like action if, one
1: or just anything anything just any version of christmas carol oh what, what if someone tried to take a contemporary christmas carol that'd be a challenge yeah like, that would be an interesting challenge for like a an, like a director to try and have a go at making modern day Christmas Carol because we don't really get that Scrooged is probably the closest yeah and even that it's not it's not about like like Scrooge it's about a TV, as I say a TV producer making uh adaption of Christmas Carol so I wonder I wonder if that would uh it sounds like I should watch Scrooge yeah. I've never seen it so it's uh it's it's good I I, I, I do like it I think it's a it's a very mean spirited like bill murray really plays the the equivalent of scrooge like fucking as a an evil <laughs> piece of shit man yeah um but like and the the ending's really weird the when when B- bill murray becomes like happy scrooge and it's really prolonged and strange and surreal <laughs> and uh-huh. it's such a strange it would have been so weird on the script but weirdly bill
0: murray sells
1: it it's funny because i almost even, can't
0: imagine bill murray being like unironically happy
1: well he kind of is still sarcastic he's uh-huh. still bill murray um but like he does still sell it as like happy scrooge um yeah it's it's a weird it's a, a very strange adaption very worth a watch okay um, i mean it sounds like
0: what a christmas carol needs like a different a kind of different take on it yeah
1: like i mean that's the 80s <laughs> so it's not yeah. even a, a
0: recent sort of take on it um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. A weird one. I've got one other here. Was um. Do you think the skull of the Ghost of Future, uh, Future? Sorry. The yeah, the Ghost of Christmas Future is also played by Jim Carrey.
1: <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I'll play the shadow because there's that no, one. No, no, there's that
0: one moment where you see like it's like a skull under the hood, and yes. I was like, do you think that's Jim Carrey? Like his mocap face, like his mocap skull. <laughs> Could be. We didn't talk about the death of Christmas um, present.
1: That that's a oh, horrifying yeah. sequence. Oh yeah, that whole sequence in that's, the clock
0: tower. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because like the in, in in like all adaptions, the ghost of Christmas present like dies at the end of the day of the um, whatever Ebenezer Scrooge spends with him, and uh, most adaptions remember like ages through it. Even the Muppets one, which must have been a pain in the ass because mm. they're making this big costume for ghost. Um, Uh, the ghost of christmas present and they have to must have to keep altering him so throughout this whole thing it looks older and they do that in this one but and so he dies at the end of it but this one like i don't think i've ever i can't think of a more horrific death i've seen in a kid yeah he
0: he like shrivels up into a skeleton basically
1: yeah well he has like he he's laughing and then the clock strikes every time the clock every time the bell strikes he has some sort of fucking heart attack some sort of fucking painful thing that he's laughing through and then he falls to the ground and he yeah he's, he dissolves his skin dissolves away and as a skeleton he's still laughing yeah it's really horrific and then he produces the the two children um ignorance and uh, want and they're horrible and that this I suppose I know they're supposed to be horrible but
0: fuck's sake yeah, that's right <laughs> because I forgot about that and so when he shows his uh when he's like oh uh, like look down and like under his gown, you kind of see like a little foot, and I was just like, "Is the ghost of Christmas Present just gonna have like really tiny like skeleton legs, and they're like trying to support this massive body?" Um, yeah, yeah and that's the, a that's a horrible scene. It is. It's it's yeah. It's very intense. And then I guess that kind of then brings you into the ghost of Christmas mm. future stuff, which feels like it's leading into like okay, this is gonna be like a much kind of darker last half of the film and then they ruin that with the chase and he's tiny and he has the helium voice yeah and we're all laughing and it's a good time um if they got rid of that chase this film would have. yeah i think that that
1: actually would have like taken this film up i don't really measure films and stars but i think taking out that chase would have upped it a star yeah like i think it would have because i think it would have kept the atmosphere right till yeah the end. no
0: definitely that's what i mean it's like they kind of ruin what they establish um mm. Oh, speaking of the ghost of Christmas present as well, fucking um, something I really picked up on uh, in uh, the watching like two different versions of it this week. It's like the sequence in the present when he gets taken to his nephew's house and they're playing like twenty questions, um, yeah. and it's like oh he's describing like a like a fucking piece of shit, and it's like oh it's it's Scrooge, and like in every version Scrooge just looks like so devastated by it and like i said to katie i was like surely like you you can't be that much of a dick to people and not be self-aware that people probably hate you like you can't you surely you can't you have to have the self-awareness to not think that like you fucking treat Bob Cratchit like a piece of shit, but then Bob Cratchit's going home and being like, "Oh, that bloody tell you something, Scrooge said today. It really fucking just re- really a real knee snapper, uh, re- knee slapper." I Let s- me tell you this one: like, you know what I mean? It's like he surely you I, have to I, yeah. acknowledge that you're a bit of a dick, right?
1: Um, I I assume that the 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 thing is is that. He he, like if you told him that at the beginning of the story, or like they they play twenty questions and you're you're this animal person, he would have probably wouldn't have been surprised. I probably extra hurtful after going through his whole entire past. Like yeah, he's all, I he's, guess so. He's on he's on the like way to recovery as to be a nice person, and then he gets hit with that, and he's like, oh, like I forgot how to be nice, and look how much I've forgotten how to be nice. My own nephew doesn't
0: really respect me. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, I, I'm with you there. They go
1: off. In the book, they go off on a little tangent because, like, apparently one of the questions they asked was, is he a bear? And, uh his nephew goes no and some of them disagree they're like wow you you just you just threw us off the fort center like you should have said yeah it have you've you've, uh, you've uh, made it harder by saying no he you yes i think he was a, <laughs> a just a weird tangent it goes on i love the way the book's written the book is written very conversationally mm-hmm. and it makes it really easy to like uh, i listened to it as an audiobook today but it makes it really easy to listen to or um, read um the way charles dickens writes it as if he's just telling you a story
0: um, it's really, really good. I maybe should. Um, I should maybe give it a I I don't think I could do it right now because I don't think I could handle that many versions of a Christmas Carol so close to each other. <laughs> Two was enough. Um, but yeah, maybe like maybe next year I should give that a listen or give it a read. Nah, we listen yeah, to our books now. We're, ma- we're millennials. <laughs>
1: there's a couple of sequ- There's a couple of things in this film that I didn't realize were in the book that um were kind of. The, the first one is when when Jacob Marley goes out the window as a ghost. Uh, and there's, like, the whole world of ghosts. Yep. There's there's that one ghost that's, like, shouting at this homeless woman with an infinite in, in her hand. And he's like, I want to help you. I want to help yeah. you. And then, like, he sees Scrooge and, like, screams at him. Because it's really intense for this yeah. film. as per. that's actually in the book. I read it today yeah. and I was like, oh, my God. Uh, it's not as it's more subtle than that. It's more like a description. It's like, and then there was a ghost. There was a ghost that was pleading with this woman, <laughs> this baby. Um, that he wanted to help. So they doesn't give it doesn't sign any lines of dialogue to the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> been in the film, it not only does that, it also assigns a performance. And it is a very strange moment. Uh, and the other moment was that I actually really liked that I think more adaption should have is in the in the future uh you see like one of Scrooge's debtors. Because Scrooge that's what Scrooge runs. He runs like a, a money lending thing for like mortgages. And you see one of his debtors and they're happy he's dead because it doesn't, like, because she's, um, the father's like, well, it doesn't matter who we get after this. No one's going to be worse than Scrooge <laughs> are demanding money. So, like, yeah. it's, it's a good thing he's dead. And that's in the book as well. And I was like, oh, more things should do that because that is such a such a fucking devastating thing to, to see. Like, somebody literally happy you're dead. Like, fucking, we're actually, yeah, we're going to be fine financially because yeah, Scrooge is dead. Yeah, because this person's
0: dead, man. Yeah, yeah. Ah man I I mean I guess like fair play to it for kind of managing to include most mostly everything that's yeah in the book like I just wish it tried to keep a more consistent tone it wasn't trying to juggle yeah. this thing of like being a kids movie but then also trying to be more gothic horror kind of stuff and yeah but I really do think the thing that throws this movie off the most is the animation I just think it's so hard to mm. like it's just so hard to kind of get past um i didn't even realize the that it was uh gary oldman playing bob cratchit until um like halfway through the movie and that just really made me think like well why are we doing this then like why are we here why are we doing this mocap thing if like i couldn't even tell that that was like not even just gary oldman but that that it was like human like emoting you know what i mean Hmm. so it's like why didn't you just do it all animated but my thing would be why not get gary oldman
1: to play scrooge That'd be so much better. Yeah, probably would have. Yeah, I, I would. I, you, you had him in the room, just like. And I think even he could have pulled off the idea of the different spirits, like because I, I, I guess that I remember watch when I watched a Christmas Carol this week. I was like, is that supposed to be so? It's more dreamlike that all of them are played by the same person. But then I watched Polar Express and realized no, it, it's just. I think it's just saving <laughs> your your star power. Yeah, <laughs> because totally. like in Polar Express, Tom
0: Hanks plays basically every character (laughs) i still wonder if that's yeah just like a money saving thing (laughs) well
1: it's it's weird even he he even kind of plays the kid because he he plays the voiceover of the kid when he's grown up so he's the kid and and he's the conductor and he's the the homeless man who lives on the train and he's santa claus (laughs) he's like all of them
0: like, I, I don't think there's another noteworthy <clears throat> actor in the film i would say i was i would watch polar express soon because i did think about watching uh beowulf i did think about re-watching beowulf because i knew you were going to do polar express and i was like maybe i should watch this and that would be like we'd have the whole trilogy covered yeah but definitely after christmas card, i'm just like i can't i can't no. do like another one of these like i i never want to see a movie like this ever again <laughs>
1: <clears throat> uh the polar express is just it's weird you say christmas carol that's filled with filler it's worse for polar express because i i uh, i listened to like an audio like um reading of that it was fucking by liam neeson recommend it of course uh it's 15 minutes Wild. and you can get it on youtube so uh <laughs> and liam neeson's really playing a kid for the whole thing which is a <laughs> strange thing to have yeah um so in that in that 15 minutes audiobook like it covers the whole entire plot of the the Polar Express film and I was like that is what's wrong with the film it's just padded to fuck yeah. like it is like everything every noteworthy thing in that film is in this audiobook in less than 15 minutes like why why like you didn't really add much to the film except roller coaster sequences that's there's a couple of them where there's like first person bits where they like like sliding down something or up and down something and it's like it's supposed to be like a a digital roller coaster <laughs> yeah which is probably to do with like the animation and
0: maybe even 3d if that came out in 3d but then it's like what we said it's like they have a lot of that in this movie as well these kind of like odd roller coaster rides and stuff that they've mm-hmm. designed for you to whip along with and yeah i don't know like it's not not for me uh frankly i'm glad that this style of animation seems to have died with this movie um i never want to see it fair play to you robert zemeckis for trying to make it work it doesn't uh maybe give it another few years um but i think uh, I, I think yeah. i have pretty much said everything i have to say about a christmas carol well my my final
1: thesis like the the thesis of, oh, the of course film, do you think is, is is robert zemeckis christmas not because of these films i do associate robert zemeckis with a kind of festivity because back to the future played at christmas and uh, when I was a kid, I only had, I had the VHS of Back to the Future Part 2. Okay. And so I only ever watched Back to the Future at Christmas. Mm-hmm. So there's a festivity with that. Because I remember when I was a kid, fucking getting the, the radio times or the TV guide or whatever. And like uh, when I was really younger, like highlighting all the films that were on on Christmas. Because Christmas, they always played on BBC One to Channel Four. They always played the, the fun films over the Christmas period. And doing that, you're like, oh, I want to watch that. And I want to watch that. Yeah. And one of those is Back to the Future. So, so. But yes. in terms of these films, no.
0: <laughs> I definitely don't think so. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it it didn't make me feel Christmassy. It made me feel scared. Scared yes. and uh, yeah, especially like I said, when uh, Gary Oldman looks right at you, that that made me want to cry. Not in yeah, an emotional way, uh, in a in a, a terrified way.
1: That's the end where you suddenly breaks the fourth wall yeah. where you're like why <laughs> why have you done that <laughs> it's the only time you it's did. weirdly it's
0: weirdly it ends in the same way that another movie with nightmare cgi ends it ends the same way that cats ends because oh i don't i don't know. cats, I don't cats ends with judy dench fucking battling down the camera for like two <laughs> minutes and talking directly to the audience and obviously that fucking makes me want to cry as well it's interesting, it, yeah. I don't know what it, it. Maybe it's like maybe it's the the filmmakers' final attempts to try and make you connect with these nightmares <laughs> by being like, just look them in the eyes, listen to what they're saying. They're talking to you. Is any of this getting to you? Please like my movie. <laughs> I know it's a nightmare, but please like
1: it. Um, it's. I guess it's to to, to highlight the fact because they need to highlight the fact somehow that Tiny Tim does survive. Um. I like in the Muppets Christmas Carol they have Charles Dickens they just have him tell the story yeah yeah,
0: that's
1: fun that's a fun element of it
0: Um, but yeah I, I've, like I said I think that I think I've said everything I have to say about every version of a I never have to talk about a Christmas Carol ever again I've got it all <laughs> out of my system Um, where if people were so inclined where could they find us Daddy? they can find us on Facebook and Twitter uh, at Second Opinion that's second with a two Um, I guess Merry Christmas, everyone. I know it's gonna be weird. (laughs) you guess? I know it's gonna be weird (laughs) as fuck this year, but uh, yeah, you know, still try and enjoy it. Be safe. I,
1: I feel like most of the Christmas films we watch still the the sentimentality. Like you can make the best of the situation.
0: Yeah, exactly. Whatever your
1: situation, you can make the best of it.
0: It's definitely. I've definitely enjoyed being like locked in my flat for most of the time. While also having a Christmas tree and lots of tinsel and lights all over the place. It's definitely made it a much warmer nicer uh, experience. Um, so yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. Except the parts that are. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, have a, have a good Christmas. Um, we have no idea what this is going to look like in the new year. Because we have no idea what the new year is going to bring. Yeah. Um, in terms of this podcast. But we'll, we'll figure it out. And until then... God
1: bless us, everyone. Why, sir? It's Christmas Day. Um,
0: Eat your JK Simmons, everyone. Have a good one. Eat your Christmas, JK Simmons. Eat your, your festive JK Simmons.